I'm Jeff Towson. I'm the owner of the Smoking Barrel, and I am a friend of the ranch. Positive blood and oh wait, are we on? Oh, are we hey, yeah, yeah, hey everybody! Uh, thank you, thank you for clicking play on the first of what we hope are many friend of the rant podcasts. I'm Billy Liggett. I'm Gordon Anderson. And I'm John Owens. And we are joined tonight on this very cloudy, very warm, muggy night by Jeff Towson, owner of the Smoking Barrel, as as you heard at the beginning of this. Jeff, uh, welcome to our. Our first venture into uh, what we hope, like I said, are many of these podcasts. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a, it's an honor to be on here with you guys. An honor. That's uh, that's incredible <laughs> to hear. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot to Jeff about uh, what he does and uh, why he does it and who he does it for and how many times a day he does it. But uh, first off, uh, yeah, why are we doing this? Why uh, why are we doing a lot of things? So. I, I'm sure I don't need to go over the history of the rant with everybody, but I'm going to break it down very, very quickly. God, what was it? 10 years ago? 12 years ago? 11 years ago, uh, Jonathan Gordon and I were lowly reporters for the Sanford Herald. And you were um, the editor. You weren't a lo- yeah, lowly. You were lowly. <laughs> Me and John were lowly. We were lowly. I still made very little money. I was pretty lowly. <laughs> You were writing bad checks at Lowe's, so <laughs> we were that low. Okay, I wasn't writing bad checks, but I was uh, I was struggling. I was working long hours. That was the low part for me. I would get home at uh, I'd get home at five thirty for dinner. I'd eat really quickly, and I'd go right back to the newspaper, and then I would finish at like ten, ten thirty. I would go home. And then I would have to do the website update. So I, it was every night. Okay, keep terrible. going, Woodward. Okay, anyway. I, I, dreamt, <laughs> I dreamt, by the way, side note, I dreamt last night that I had to put out the Sunday paper by myself. You still have those dreams? Yes, it's been 10 years. It's wow. sad. Jeff, do you ever have newspaper dreams, or are they all like <laughs> barbecue and beer dreams? No, it's usually uh, along the lines of smoked meat, yeah. pork, Those brisket. are nice Those dreams. are good dreams, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, those are. You wake up and half your... Half your cat is gone, and no. <laughs> uh, so where were we? Oh yeah, uh, why are we doing this? So real quick, uh, eleven years ago, um, to pass the time because we had so much free time, we decided to do a radio show for uh, CCCC. Well, it was at CCCC, but we did it kind of for the Herald, and it was a news show. And we talked about the news that was in the newspaper. Uh, radio show was great. We had a lot of fun doing it. Um, why did it end the first time? Just because. I think it was Inner Strife, right? Wait, no, yeah, yeah. 
That's actually a better story. <laughs> okay. I was going to say we all moved on, but we had creative differences. Yeah, creative differences. Uh, you know, Gordon went on and did uh, his own thing. John recorded uh, "All Things Must Pass," and then um, I, was, I was going in a disco direction. Yeah, and I yeah, so um, I married Yoko, and it just it fell apart. But then uh, we all got different jobs, and we came back and we did the radio show again. Uh, we talked. Uh, we wrote about a local politician. A uh, friend of the rant, Mike Stone, he complained. We got kicked off the air. We started a podcast shortly after that. Podcast didn't do so well. Um, we decided to turn our website into a news site. It got really good. And then 2019, we launched the Rant Monthly, which is now in its sixth month. And uh, that's what I want to talk about for a little bit because the whole reason we're doing this podcast is kind of a spinoff of this new publication that we've launched. And I joked in our first issue that uh, the newspaper industry is really struggling. Uh, newspapers are falling by the wayside left and right. Uh, reporters are losing their jobs really quickly. A lot of them are leaving the industry. And we could have found no better time to launch our own monthly 48-page uh, publication. And we're in six months into it. And I got to say, I'm kind of enjoying it immensely what about you guys there's no signs of it slowing down and the thing i've found is that i would i would offer to any of my uh my peers in the journalism world is if you're having trouble um making ends meet the best thing to do is start your own newspaper <laughs> you know i know that as a, as a lowly reporter you probably have very little access to capital but um but just power through and uh <laughs> and uh start it's a terrible paper. idea yeah <laughs> We we had this idea maybe sometime last year, but as with any venture like this, you, you spend a lot of time thinking, well, what are the pros, what are the cons, what are the startup costs? It's pretty much we just got to a point where we said, let's just do it. We had to find out who could print it for us. We had to find somebody who could sell ads for us. And but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a quick shout-out to Brandon Allred. He has done, he's not here tonight, but he's done an amazing job yeah. uh, getting advertisers to – believe in us and it's kind of the key (laughs) it's kind of the key you don't realize it when you're working for the man i'm doing quotes here when you work for the man you don't realize that uh the ads actually do pay for (laughs) pay for what you're doing because i used to uh, butt heads with advertising all the time but now i love advertising and uh i'm very happy that we have it but uh yeah we're six months into it and it started out um back in march with a Story about the Prince Motel. Real quick side story there. Gordon and I actually stepped foot on the Prince to interview people there, and within five minutes, we were uh, taken by the collars by some big ruffians and uh, thrown out into the street. And uh, our interviews ended very quickly there. I'll just say that people who like us and people that don't like us would have paid good money to watch that <laughs> interaction. <laughs> um, month two, we went on to the hemp industry. And uh, we were scared because yeah, if um, if it wasn't a good idea to make everybody mad by writing a story about a rundown motel, our second month we put a bunch of leaves that look suspiciously like marijuana on our cover. Yeah, we said if the advertisers weren't scared off by that first edition, let's try it here. Shockingly, I when we I was like, "Hold on, guys." <laughs> <laughs> We Let's got, think about wait, this. you know what? You can go back 11 years, and that was your role back on the radio show, too. It was always, come on, guys. I was like, well, wait, let's see. But we got zero <laughs> negative feedback. And I also want to say that since Jeff's here, 
the the way we're distributing this is through local businesses, and Jeff's been one of them. And I mean, we couldn't do this without letting people know, hey, you can pick up a copy at the Smoking Barrel, you can pick up a copy at the Java Express at Big T's. So enough. Uh, we'll get to more bragging about ourselves, but uh, Jeff, um, you are like Gordon just said, you are one of our advertisers, and uh, um, I'd like to hear your perspective of what we're doing. So please, shower us with praise and uh, tell us that uh, we are making a difference here in Sanford. Well, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, I, you guys are kind of ahead of the curve a lot of times. You guys are nimble. You guys are on top of what's going on in Sanford, and I'm really into what you guys are doing, so I would make sense for me to support you guys. Keep going. <laughs> but no, you guys Thank are doing you. you guys are doing a great job. I mean, you guys are. I mean, it seems like when something happens, you guys are on top of it and it gets out there. And I pretty much look to you guys for my source for news. So you are, like I said, you are advertising with us, and uh, you are one of these many spots in Sanford where you can go by and pick up a copy. Um, you know, aside from maybe you just kind of like us in general we're you know we're cool we're you know we're handsome and and all that kind of stuff I didn't uh, that. <laughs> what uh like one of the things we worried about in launching this was is Sanford a city that can support what is essentially an alt it's an alt monthly i guess um you have many larger towns uh you know just here in North Carolina you go up to Greensboro you go up to Raleigh they have alt weeklies but um usually uh, it takes a much larger community to support that. So uh, this is kind of an alt newspaper. Um, it, we're doing okay with it, though. And uh, what what are you hearing about just the whole idea of having another local news source like that? Well, I think the work that you guys are doing is, you know, universally, you know, respected by the people that I talk to. Um, you guys are on top of things. You guys are pretty quick with the stories, and uh, you're accurate. But I think in, in a broader sense, I think Sanford, you see, you make reference that it's a smaller market for this type of publication. But I think there's an energy in this town right now that's slowly building. And I think people are more interested in current events that are going on, not just with the downtown, but, you know, politics and what have you. Um, I, I sense it. I hear people talk about it. And I think you guys are um, kind of on top of that wave and you guys are you know, out in front of everything. That's actually kind of something that I've been feeling like a year ago when we were still just doing the website I would get people telling me and they're the kind of people who would go to a place like a smoking barrel you know um, people interested in nightlife and and food and culture and they'd say you know when I read the rant I feel like I live in some place different than I than I really do but the point being that we're trying to make them look at Sanford in a little bit of a different way because things are changing so rapidly um, and I think you've been a big part of that uh, with the smoke and barrel I mean do you want to talk at all about how the smoke and barrel came to be and why you picked Sanford I mean you're from here but you elected to come back and start this business yeah you talk about energy in Sanford and and uh, we're going to talk a lot about the restaurants and businesses that are coming in but I would I would agree with Gordon and almost say that smoke and barrel, um, maybe you didn't get it. You weren't the start to all this, but you definitely with your success, you showed other businesses that, Hey, downtown Sanford is, is a viable option for them. So yeah, I'm really interested to, to hear what you say about yeah, that. I mean, Sanford did need a success story. 
Um, but going back to how this all started, um, I was part owner of the City Tap up in Pittsburgh uh, starting in 2012, but I think it was probably sometime early 2014. I was up there meeting with my partner Seth and had a nice busy crowd there on a Thursday afternoon and I looked at the end of the bar and I saw Chet Mann and Bob Joyce. Uh, they had come up there for some kind of government uh, type meeting or whatnot. And we call them the Sanford All-Stars. Just yeah. to, you know, <laughs> In future references, you can just say the All-Stars. The All-Stars, okay. <laughs> well, I saw the All-Stars at the end of the bar, <laughs> and I walked over to him. I, I recognized Chet because I knew him, and uh, we just started talking, and he says, you, uh, you need to bring this to Sanford. And um, I told him, I said, well, look, you know, I'd kind of been thinking about that anyway. And we sat down and we talked, and he told me about the uh, Streetscape grant, uh, all the stuff that was going on and you know Bob Joyce was telling me all about you know what's you know the what downtown was like you know because he's kind of a historian of all, everything downtown and um, I got kind of excited because growing up here I never really saw a focus or an emphasis or a desire of the town to really promote the downtown but I, when I met with Chet I kind of saw that and with Bob Joyce and from that point on I scheduled a, a time for myself and Seth to meet with Bob Joyce, he took us around downtown and saw the space that Brandon Atkins owned at the time. And that's an important that's an important part of the story is that you are from Sanford, yeah. Because you can bring in an outsider and, and say, "Look for what we're doing," but you had the previous knowledge of what downtown had been for so long. Yeah, and I, I felt like I felt like there was something missing. There was there was a dim, a niche that wasn't being filled filled in Sanford because um, I knew. A lot of friends here, uh, Gordon among others, and just I knew that there was a niche for what I wanted to do, which was bring craft beer, uh, good smoked meat, um, bourbon, things like that. And I didn't see that being offered in this in Sanford. And it's funny how many times I got a funny look when I said that I was going to emphasize craft beer. <laughs> it kind of cracked me up. And yeah. Like, yeah, this is this is what year this is this going going yeah, back? About 2014. Okay. And um, that's that's crazy to think about because we have. We've we've got your place, we've got libations, we've got two breweries with a third on the way. Craft beer's like the biggest thing going. Obviously, that's a national story, but um, yeah, I mean, five years ago that that wasn't the case. Yeah, I mean, and it, one of the best things that happened, you know, it was when Hugger Mugger opened their doors downtown. Mm -hmm. People would ask me, "So, what do you think about that, Jeff? And you got some competition?" I was like, "No, I don't. This is we're helping each other out here." And I noticed that from that yeah, point. I think I was one of the people that maybe asked you that because an outsider sees that and says, can Sanford support two of these? You say that's not the case, right? I think it, bringing a, a brewery to a town like Sanford who doesn't have one previously, it brings people. There's a lot of beer. I, got, I guess I call them beer geeks. <laughs> they travel. When a new brewery opens up, people come to towns that they have never been to just to try the brewery out, check it out. And when they opened up, I saw an uptick in my business. You know, it's, I think it, in a lot of ways, that's why a lot of towns are putting, are, why breweries are so desirable, because they bring people to the town. Yeah. Is Sanford doing it? Um, like you, when you say libations, hugger mugger, what's the name of the new one coming? Wild, uh, wild, wild dog. Wild dog. Wild dogs, yeah. yeah. Uh, is this... Sanford seems to be doing well with this. Is this the trend in other similar size cities, or is Sanford maybe did Sanford 
hungrier for thirstier for this, I guess. Well, Sanford has gone from ground zero to <laughs> ahead of a lot of other small towns in terms of sheer volume of breweries. We've right. gone from what no breweries in 2015 to now we're going to have three within about six months, I think. Yeah, that's pretty pretty quick and amazing growth right there. Hopefully, we can support all three of them because I like you know I think Camelback's doing a good job over there as well. I don't want to get too political. That'll be later, but just was there ever in, in people who maybe expressed concerns about this, was there ever a concern that it's alcohol? I mean, it sounds crazy now, like you said, with four of them here and everybody seems to be having a really good time, but you go back to when we were at the newspaper and we couldn't write about alcohol because people would get really upset and offended by it. Was any was kind of the morality of it ever brought up to you, and was there any pushback on that? Um, not, there's been far and few between. Right. There's always going to be some opposition to anything that, that is vice related. Yeah. Be it alcohol or, or what have you, but that doesn't bother me. What yeah. about when you opened up the, the, uh, edible THC part of your business? Was that? <laughs> oh, wait, what were we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, I'm I kidding. Th- I'm I kidding. Th- <laughs> I think that's an interesting point though, is like, you know, your place is a restaurant. Joe Del Vecchio's place is a restaurant. You guys serve beer, but we forgot about Joe's and talking all about this. <laughs> Joe's has been there forever. Yeah, right, right. But the uh, the point is, like, you guys aren't just there to sling beers. You guys serve food and you serve good food, and that's a big part of it. Like, nobody goes nuts for restaurant news like Sanford does. I found, and you know, I just I think that if you got any pushback about the fact that you serve beer and liquor, it's it's just it's a part of your business it's not your whole business yeah i mean to me the alcohol part of it is just it's just something that's part of what my greater vision is is because i knew that i wanted to leave my corporate job with cisco when i opened the city tap or i didn't open it but i became owner of the city tap and nothing gave me a lot more joy than to go in there and seeing a bunch of people in there laughing talking whether it be on a date business meeting or whatnot, being able to provide something like that is what drives me. And alcohol is just you know, an aspect of it, but it's not what I think about. What is your typical night at Smoke and Barrel? Do you hang around? Do you talk to customers? Are you more of the in the back room, crunching the numbers type of part? Like, what is your role there? Well, is there a typical night? Well, I, I don't have a back room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have an office. So I, I, I generally do a lot of my work at, at the bar during the day. Um, I'm there every day helping out Chelsea at lunch. Um, I generally don't spend too many evenings of the week there. Usually one or two I'll be there uh, talking to people, especially when we have like a, a steak night or something special like that. Um, Which, by the way, that was something. Oh, yeah. Let's we'll talk night. about the steak. But real quick, uh, Gordon and I are both binging Cheers right now. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, how close is your lifestyle to that of Sam Malone? Um, Sam was kind of my role model growing <laughs> up. No, I'm kind of <laughs> no that, that, was, that was my favorite show. Are you more Woody or Coach? Well, I have my Woody moments, trust me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's, um, you know, the whole business of being a restaurateur or owning a bar, I think anybody who really takes pride in what they do really gets more out of seeing – the joy that you bring to people, the social aspect of it. It's not about just slinging beer or whatnot. 
uh, restaurant in Sanford, um, it seems like a crapshoot almost. We, um, Gordon mentioned this earlier. No, we get so many clicks on stories that talk about new restaurants coming to town. But I would say the success failure rate is probably there's a fifty fifty, if not even worse rate. Yeah, it's, it's worse than that. Is probably. it worse than that? Um, I mean, not not unless just you're. Just the I'm talking about yeah, and not just uh, you know the the chains have maybe better success rate, but even the chains here um, tend to fall by the wayside. But how many chains? Uh, I don't Two know. Chains. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I what? was gonna say sorry. Good, like. Big ups to Sanford for supporting uh, an independent restaurant while some of the chains have closed recently. Absolutely, but there, there's a there's definitely a risk to it, I guess. And uh, um, what's you're established now, and I'm not saying that uh, you're going to go on forever. As a matter of fact, I've heard differently. And we'll talk maybe about that later too. I'm kidding, kidding. <laughs> um, but you've seen other restaurants come and go. What's the key in Sanford? Or maybe what's the key anywhere, but wh- what's the key to success here? Well, it's not so much different than, you know, any other business when you get down to some of the basics. You know, I think you need to have a plan. You need to have a passion for it. And you need to stay on top of it because if you get complacent, this is a very fickle business. You serve a few bad meals for a few weeks in a row, then your business is going to be affected. You need to stay on top of it. And I think the, the key to that is being organized and having a passion for it. Because as you know, everybody knows how to run a restaurant and everybody knows how to run a bar, which obviously is not the case. But I've learned today that everybody knows how to run a newspaper too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you just need to treat it as a business and that's what it is and don't lose sight of that fact. And that's what I do. That's why I try to tend not spend too many evenings there get there i do my work talk to some people um but i don't spend my entire life there because i don't want to get burned out i want to talk a little bit about your involvement with um live music in sanford but i i want to ask a last question about the restaurant side of things i have an addendum to that question too does that mean you go after me um (laughs) i have an appendix to that question (laughs) But um, I mean, you have different. You have specials every day of the week that are. I mean, I don't want to say that ribs aren't good. I love ribs. Um, but I mean, it could be something like ribs that everybody knows, or it could be like a really cool hot dog that like you've never really heard of. Um, do you have a culinary background? Well, stop laughing <laughs> at that. That's a, a hot dog you've never heard of. Okay. Yeah. Well, like it's got stuff on it. <laughs> But I, do you have that culinary background, or do you have do you rely on staff for that, or how, how do you come up with those well, this, specials? Well, because kind of funny. They're my, good. All of <laughs> my education came. When I bought into the City Tap in 2012. Um, I just, for some reason, I was just like, you know what? If I ever owned a bar, this would be the kind of bar I own. So I bought into it. But I was not a managing aspect of the bar. I was I, an owner. I just want to interject here. If you're from Sanford and have never been to the City Tap in Pittsburgh, it's absolutely awesome. I knew it before I knew Jeff, and when I found out the City Tap guy was opening a place here, I was like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I bought into that, and I wasn't a managing aspect of it, which gave me a time. I was still working full-time at Cisco, so I could learn uh, how the restaurant business worked, and I watched every single episode of Restaurant Impossible and Bar Rescue. And and I've always had a passion for food. I'm not a chef, but I know good food, and I think... 
if you can take something that's relatively simple or humble and then kind of kick it up a notch and make it, you know, another level. Oh, yeah. I think that's the key because, you know what, I mean, people just want good food. It doesn't need to be five-star food, but it just needs to be fresh, quality food, and I think I've got a passion for it, and um, luckily I've got a good staff that makes me look good. This awesome. question, yeah, this question comes in from uh, Jennifer St. Clair of Sanford, North Carolina, and she asks, um, when is corn pudding and Brussels sprouts going to become regular sides? Oh. She made me ask is, that. Is that two sides or one? Is it corn pudding and Brussels sprouts? No, it, they are two separate okay. sides. Because I yes. would I'd try either of them or both of them. I've not tried your corn pudding, but the, Brus- the Brussels sprouts are... Um, excellent. Well, I can tell you that, um, Randall, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Randall, yeah, just go ahead. And Sorry, Randall. Sorry. We, <laughs> have, we have had a few requests for that. And so I'll, I'll make sure that Randall's going to love to hear that. Cause that is actually his recipe for that. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we are actually, it's, we're due it's for another, uh, <laughs> we're due for another change in the, um, the menu. So we're going to be adding some sides and, um, I know, uh, you have the stage in your restaurant, and uh, you've had live music for just about all five years, six years now. And uh, um, you have uh, you've ventured outside of that, though, and you've become part of uh, Downtown Sanford, Inc., and uh, you helped um, launch the new Downtown Alive um, concert series. And uh, uh, talk. Uh, I know, Gordon, maybe you better person to ask about the local music scene but I don't know nothing about you've been responsible for bringing in some uh some some fun big acts i know uh two years ago for um the the uh streetscape festival um southern culture on the skids yeah. you, you played a part in bringing them in right yeah that was that uh, was so fun that was such a fun night i got really lucky there because they actually they live up in carborough and their kids go to school with a friend of mine's kids so that was kind of my in with that all right they were it's, great. it's who you know yeah not they, what were, you know. they were they were great you know they were all about coming to sanford and they were just good to work with there was a moment during that concert where i think gordon and i looked at each other and said this is <laughs> happening in downtown sanford right now and we couldn't believe it yeah i tell you i i'm, I'm excited about sanford you know this is my hometown i grew up here and i see an energy now and i see a vision um starting with the decision makers around town. Um, I'm excited, and I think we're in the midst of a culture change here, and part of that is bringing good music and bringing good social activities to downtown. And um, I work with a lot of good people, um, like Jennifer St. Clair, for instance, um, Kelly Lodotti. You know, these are great people that are doing a lot for this town. When you you book bands for the Smoke and Barrel, um, you've booked bands for the Street Fest, and... If I'm not mistaken, you're part of booking bands for the Downtown Alive series. I mean, how does how do you go about? Wh- where do you start? Where do you go? Here, here are the bands that I could conceivably book. What might people like? What might people not like? Where does it come from? Well, I try to get a good mix. You know, it covers some different genres. Um, but before I do all that, I try to think of what would be swinging for the stars here. Right. Uh, and obviously Southern Culture on the Skids was one. Your mama's Big Fat Booty Band was the next. And getting Dr. Bacon here was another. Um, so what was your Sanford experience growing up? You're from here. Um, 
I don't know. I guess we all have good and bad things to say about our hometown, but uh, what was growing up in Sanford like for you? Oh, I had a great time. I loved Sanford growing up. I mean, it's amazing I made it to college. and <laughs> That you made it there? <laughs> I was definitely, uh, as most of my friends and their parents will attest, I um, I walked the line. <laughs> I had fun, but I always I had some good parents. My dad kept me in line, and luckily I kept my grades up. But I had a great time growing up in Sanford. Did you you leave Sanford after high school? Did you? I uh, I left. I graduated in eighteen nineteen eighty nine. That ages you right Ooh, there. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't too bit. far after that, but yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. Then I went to Appalachian State. Yeah. Graduated ninety four, and then I um, I moved around a little bit. Lived in Charlotte. Lived in Indiana, Texas, and then I oh, just wow. I got a little homesick and just what part of Texas? Lubbock. Oh, okay. Or I know nothing like about Lubbock. The real Texas. <laughs> yeah, that I that must be real Texas. I've never even been to Lubbock. I remember when I, when I went there. A little story. I had been there for about two weeks, kind of immersing myself in the job. Hadn't gone out, hadn't gone out to meet anybody or anything like that. So I talked to my neighbor. I said, "Look, where, do you, where does everybody go out around here? I haven't been out. I got to meet some people." And he goes, "All right, you got to go to this place. Can't remember the name of it." So all right. So I get. Put my khakis on, put my button-down shirt on. You know, I can already tell all, that was the wrong outfit. Looking, looking, <laughs> looking all prep, you know. And I walk into this place, and it was like the guy on the record player, the record player just screeches, and everybody stops and looks <laughs> at me because all I could see for as far as I could You ain't see, from here, are all, you? all I saw were 10-gallon Stetsons, big belt buckles, tight Wrangler jeans, and these loud shirts with those Bolero things. Oh, yeah. Did somebody, uh, is it like the salsa commercial, like, Get a rope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I tell you, it was it was kind of weird at first, but I tell you, that's one thing I learned that about girls. They appreciate a novelty. Okay. <laughs> and they felt sorry for me, quite frankly. Cause, yeah. Um, but I did. I learned how to two-step that night. Yeah. Not much of a dancer, but I can two-step. I grew up in Texas, and, and uh, I... Oh, really? Did you? Yeah, I did. I think we've talked about that before. <laughs> I never Texas? wore... Uh, near Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Um, so but I never wore the cowboy hats, though. I used to go to a lot of country bars, but I never looked at the part. I agree with you about the novelty thing. They I look at you and go, hey. <laughs> I got a cowboy hat now, and I got some boots. Okay. So tell me about bourbon, because I see it in your ad. I love this question. I don't know a lot about bourbon. I want to get to know a little bit about bourbon. What's up with that? Well, yeah. <laughs> I love This is the best question of the night. I love it, because, all right, we're going to go another 45 minutes here. <laughs> It's funny, people ask me, you know, when they come in there, they ask me about the bourbons, and there's different styles of bourbon. Um, they ask me what my best bourbon is, and I always tell people, so the best bourbon is the one you like. You know, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Terrible answer. <laughs> it's the one you like. You I don't know, know what and, I like. And the good thing is, I've learned a lot about bourbon in the last few years, is that, and I know that a lot of people like more mellow bourbons, a little softer, you know, more typically bourbons that are a little softer tend to have a higher wheat content, whereas you get the spicier ones like uh, Bullet. You know, they tend to have a higher rye content. Um, I tend to like the softer version. Um, it w- but more so than all that, it matters how you drink it. You learn how to drink it, and you put it on your tongue, and just like kind of let it roll off your tongue, you get more of the flavor and less of the burn, as opposed to just kind of yeah. shooting it it's back. You sip it, uh, but yeah, you, you, more, you, you put it on uh, put it on ice, and you let the ice kind of melt into yeah. it a little bit. And yeah, it kind of mellows it a little bit, but you still get the full flavor. I mean, people think you have to drink it neat. You don't. You, you can soften it with some ice, but you still get the, the same flavor. Does all of bourbon have to come from Kentucky? Is that right? That is not correct. Oh, okay. That that's is something that's 
perpetuated, but is not entirely true. Oh, okay. Only champagne comes from Kentucky. That's right, from the <laughs> champagne region. <laughs> <of Kentucky. laughs> the bluegrass champagne region Kentucky of Kentucky. <laughs> you can get you, can, but you can get some excellent bourbon. You know, j- j- there's some Japanese whiskeys and bourbons that are really good. Since <laughs> this has become the the smoke and barrel show, uh, tell us, um, people who are not familiar, uh, website. When you're open, how they can find you, and uh, and all that kind of good stuff. Little little publicity here. Yeah, you know, you can go visit our websites, smokeandbarrelsanford.com. Uh, uh, we're open uh, six days a week, closed on Sunday. Um, open every day for lunch and dinner. Um, on the weekends, we uh, have live music. Usually, one day, one day, either Friday or Saturday, we'll have live music, and it typically starts around eight thirty. But you can always check us out there. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Usually, uh, announce we have on the weekends on Facebook, but um, yeah. Awesome. Is there something that just flies off the menu like no other? Well, we uh, the, our top selling sandwiches are the brisket sandwich and the pulled mm-hmm. pork sandwich, mm-hmm. uh, followed closely by the Reuben, and the chicken hero is actually starting to pick up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because we've, uh, I have to give Kel Norman some credit. He was on me for the better part of a year to get chicken on the menu in some form. Oh, yeah? And I, get, I relented, and I should have relented a lot sooner. <laughs> so is that a uh, is that's a newer item? Yeah, we've had chicken on the menu for about seven or eight months now. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Kel, Kel was on me for a year to get that on there. Well, it's 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 a it's a heck of a sandwich. Well, I had I had about twelve political questions on this list here, Gordon, that you wrote up, but I think we're out of time. I don't think we can get to them tonight. Yeah, I was gonna get into it with Jeff, but. We'll yeah. I've got, I've got so much to say. No, that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another one. Uh, Jeff, uh, please stick around for a few more minutes. We're going we're going to uh, wind down this first edition of the friend friends friend of the rant podcast. I will will decide on the official name after this podcast. But uh, thanks for, for thanks for joining us for this first one. Uh, we really like what you're doing in downtown Sanford, and we thought you would be. Um, the perfect guest to kind of kick this off, and you did not disappoint. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Well, that's cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Wow. I mean, that's cool or whatever. Wow, Billy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up now. Uh, so this podcast <laughs> – I'm sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to sound so flippant there, but uh, it's kind of – maybe that's how I'll end all of them. <laughs> uh, but, no um, – so, yeah, like we said at the beginning here, this podcast is going to uh, come out about once a month. We hope uh, around mid-month, a few weeks after each edition comes out. And we want what we want to do each month is kind of go over the most previous edition. And if we have a few minutes, Gordon, we can talk about the most recent one. If You, uh, you can still find it at several locations throughout Sanford. And it has a uh, photo of a young man named Desmond Evans on the cover this month. And he is the... All nation, all American uh, defensive end for Lee County High School. Um, soon to be millionaire. Desmond. Soon, I you know what I, I don't I don't doubt that he's gigantic. He's gigantic. The the kid is six foot six. What was amazing about him is he's six foot six, maybe two two hundred thirty pounds, skinny as a rail, and like and dominating and. The, what his coach tells me is that, yeah, he's going to get to college, and the first thing they're going to do to him is put 30 pounds on him. 
he's going to be a beast. Yeah. This kid is humongous. And I watched him play in the first game, and uh, it's not even it's not even fair almost. You know, yeah. the offensive linemen he's going up against are, are a head shorter than him, so much slower than him. And I don't even think he was at the top of his game in that game, and he was just dominating. There's a picture that I think you took this one, Billy. It's on page 13 of the uh, September edition of the Rant Monthly. Yeah. And there's a young opposing player who doesn't see Desmond coming at him. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, yeah. And I just feel like you caught this poor kid. <laughs> before moments, his death. <laughs> moments before death. Yeah. It's just, I mean, look at this. Yeah, they. So he's County gonna has, kill him. Lee County has several players that are really good. They really do, and that's uh, that's one of the things I tried to tell them in the story is, is look, this story is about Desmond, but I had to tell this to the coach, and I even told this to Desmond is, is this team as a whole is is really good, and from that first game, they've got a running back, and um, I really apologize that I don't have his name. Maybe a, it sounds number four. Carolina. Yeah. No, Chalmers is a defensive back. Okay. It's the running back they got. And this this kid was like Jameer, Jameer quality. And Jameer's the young running back for Notre Dame right now. Um, just this this team is stacked. And they've got a quarterback who um, has been quarterbacking since he was a sophomore. Uh, you know, I covered high school football in Texas, and I covered good teams. And, and uh, this Lee County team is uh, um, it's something. The problem, though, is, Jonathan, and I know maybe this goes back to what your sports writing days, is they'll have good seasons, and then they'll kind of flop around in the playoffs and get kicked out. And I, I asked the coaches that, you know, how do you get past that? And his answer was, and the new the coach, Bordeaux, he's new. He he took over for Burton Cates a couple of years ago. This is his second year. He's, uh, yeah, Buster Cates. Buster Cates. Yeah. Buster Keaton. <laughs> Remember we had him on our radio show and we gave him a 1920s voice. It's like, so, Coach Cates, so what do you think of this coming year? And he's like, yeah, she. Well, no <laughs> that offense. was the dumbest thing we did. We didn't give him that voice. He came on. Oh, it was really him. That's right, yeah. Well, no offense to Buster Keaton Cates, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure he tried hard, but sometimes you just need a different coach. Sometimes you just need yeah. a coach to get you over the hump. So. Or Bordeaux's answer was uh, he put all these kids in the weight room even more and said, uh, you know, we fail later in the season because teams are stronger than us. And he said he had 50 kids who put on a combined um, uh, 500 pounds. Like they all gained at least 10 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Or maybe it was 1,000 pounds. Like they all put on at least 20 pounds. The thing about (laughs) Lee County football is that Lee County – always always had one high school and it was huge right Mm -hmm. so they always played 4a and so when they moved down to 3a with the opening of the new school you just thought they would dominate you know you're moving down a whole section but didn't the new school kind of split the talent too yeah yeah (laughs) right into that right it's it's funny how some of the best players find their way over to lee county they just happen to live in that district but no i mean i just always thought that they should at least dominate, or at least, which I guess they do. In but the they do. Season. They really do. Yeah. yeah. It's when they get to the playoffs, it's it's that way. And uh, and yeah. And I, look, I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about high school football locally, but I read a lot about it leading up to now. I mean, I don't know a lot about Southern. I know they have a good quarterback. Uh, he's actually committed to play baseball at, at Campbell. Yeah. So. 
So uh, Lee County's three and zero. I think they've won all their games by a combined eight hundred to nothing so oh, far. And, have have yeah. we talked about um, Desmond at all? <laughs> oh yes, yeah, and Desmond. He's he's a good kid, and uh, yeah, his top five schools: UNC, uh, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, and Virginia Tech. And if you Hogwarts. if you are a fan of the Tar Heels. <laughs> In Hogwarts, and if you're a fan of the Tar Heels, you've got to really like their win over South Carolina because Desmond was at that game. Yeah, in Miami. Were... Uh, yeah, in Miami. The yeah. Mac is back. Return of the Mac. Oh yeah, that's your song. Man. Oh my God. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hear that Julius Peppers is working on it pretty hard too. Yeah. He went to Carolina. Oh yeah, so. yeah, same position, same. He looks everything. like Julius Peppers, like size wise. He says Peppers told him go to wherever school you want to go to, some. But you know, as he was saying that, he was slapping a UNC sticker on his back. I used to see, <laughs> can you I used imagine to see. being in twelfth grade and Julius Peppers is telling you where to go to college? Well, can you imagine when Desmond was a freshman after his fourth game, he got his first offer from Kentucky. They saw this six foot, I guess, four freshman back then he and was said, like, "For basketball, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's not a bad basketball player too." I think for me, the equivalent would be like if, um, if I was seventeen and the guy from Smash Mouth was. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you're an all star. <laughs> Get your game on. Now, he, uh, it's impressive when two of the schools you turn down are Alabama and Clemson. So. I guess he doesn't like huge bags of cash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to edit that out. No, no. We're keeping all of this, no. even the burps. So um, what are some of the other stories that we have? Uh, some time? some story about air vents or something. <laughs> yeah, that was boring. I like that story. Stuff. That was cool. No, man. Like Gordon, talk about that. Like talk history. about that. that uh, um, well, this was um, City Councilman Jimmy Hare turned me on to this. <laughs> um, he did, did he? <laughs> he, I mean, he just told me about these gable vents in these old houses, and well, one's an old house and one's an old church, and there are more from the mid eighteen hundreds. And I did some research and found out who built them. And guys, I actually uh, found out that this guy who built these houses and churches, he actually built some in Carthage and Cameron too. And I went to Google Maps, went to the main road in Cameron did street view and like the second house I looked at had one of those bell-shaped gable vents. Cool. So I'm going to go down there Was probably just in the middle of the night and take a picture of the house and kind of linger around the front waiting okay. to get noticed. Yeah, just yeah. So what uh um was, was it just his signature? I mean, was there a reason for the bell shape or was I it I have not been able to determine that. Okay. Um, um John had a good story speaking of sports of uh Danny Burrell uh, former Lee yeah. County Yellow Jacket standout who went on to pitch in the Yankees system. Um, and his and he's now the pitching coach at Georgia Tech. He was a really nice guy. I talked to him. It was, I actually interviewed somebody for a story. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, he was really helpful. And uh, just uh, from what the New York Post says, he's making significantly more now with the, with the Georgia Tech job. So, so he went from being the Yankees system-wide pitching yeah. coordinator. Yeah, from what I could gather, it was like he was in charge of minor league pitching for all the system. Like, I mean, I I don't know if it extends to major league though. I, I would yeah. assume they have a pitching coach. But if I was in charge of uh, coaching or you know minor league pitchers, I'd probably be just like, ah oh, man, just 
Just throw another junk ball, man. Hum it in there. Just throw a bunch of cur- <laughs> just throw a bunch of curveballs and that thing in there. go ahead and get your Tommy John done now. You'll be all right, son. <laughs> now I uh I got a a taste of minor league baseball when the Houston Astros double A team spent two years in uh at Campbell before they went to Fayetteville and became the Woodpeckers. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. <laughs> I wasn't joking. <laughs> the Bowie's Creek Astros, and I, I got to follow them for a, a couple weeks, and yeah, that's that's a rough life, minor league baseball. So I can I, maybe I I can understand more why he went to college baseball. There's so more money in college I baseball. I read a story yesterday from five thirty eight that was like, "Do we really need minor league baseball?" Did you read I read that, that too. Well, I read about half of it. Yeah, I did too. It's pretty long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only, well, only a small percentage of minor league players get uh, yeah, get there, it's like right? It's just there for the sake of being there. But I think it does add a, a service for places like Durham. I mean, yeah. they have huge fan bases. Fayetteville. Yeah. So what that story was saying was, do we really need AAA? Basically, because people the skip it all the time. Skip. They skip AAA. Yeah. So why don't you just make AAA and? Do away with one A and two A, and just do like a rookie league and a triple A. That's kind of what the NBA has, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Chris Clemens from Campbell. Yeah, he just signed a contract with the Houston Rockets. Nice. Yeah. Oh, they'll love him. He's yeah. He still might go to the G League, but he's gonna have a legitimate chance to make oh, the yeah. the roster now. Yeah. He was a fun. He was a fun kid to follow. Um, four years at Campbell. I'm happy that's, for him. That's awesome. Yeah, he averaged 21 points in the in the summer league in Vegas. Yeah. What sport are we talking about? Lacrosse? Uh table tennis. Are there any other stories from the September edition of the Rant Monthly that we need to discuss? I don't know, Gordon. Why don't you look it up on your iPhone? <laughs> why don't you why don't you write about it on your blog? Je- Jeff, what would you like to see in the next issue of the rant? Oh. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> no idea. I think basically you just need more kids and the more kids. Yeah. Kids, kids cute, right? That's right. That's right. So more smoked meats, more kids. Fewer centerfolds, more more names in the paper, more journalism. Right. That's right, yeah. Too many centerfolds. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh we're we're coming close to an hour and uh those of you that made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much. We we're going to really enjoy doing this. We hope you enjoy listening. Uh Jeff, thank you so much for joining us this month and uh, i hope you enjoyed it i did it's great awesome hope to be back sometime all right we'll be yeah definitely we'll be back uh with another edition of friend of the rant podcast next month um go to our website rantnc.com uh you can not only what was that you can not only read <laughs> you can only read a, a bunch of stories uh, most of them written by gordon anderson but you can also uh you can also um find our printed edition the e-edition on there as well and uh, you can also click the link at the top and find out where you can pick up a copy of uh the rant monthly and most importantly of all of this is uh, when you open that rant monthly um pay attention to the advertisers in there because they make this possible they're making all of this possible and uh support them please support them because not just because they're supporting us but because um your support for them helps Sanford keep growing and, and makes everything run like a well-oiled machine. But, uh, again, thank you so much, and uh, we're going to sign off now. Uh, I'm Billy Liggett. Over here is what your name. Uh, yeah, Do we need to do this? 